Welcome in to the IDP show. I'm your host, Evan Ronda, and I am joined by the one and only Bobby Reynolds. Bobby, how you doing? I'm doing good, Evan. How how about yourself? Tell me tell me about Evan. How's Evan doing? Honestly, man, um I I'm I'm getting over COVID right now, so I'm I'm oh, about man. done with that, but I'm good. I didn't good. that before. No, you look great. The hair looks great, you know. Oh, yeah. Took a shower for you... the first time in a week, so Hey, you got to do what you got to do. What about the uh, the headphones? Are the headphones new or are those uh those OG? Those are regulars. These are OG. I've, I've I don't had remember these for a while. I don't remember them being blue. I remember them being black. Hmm. Either way, you're looking great. You might want to get that 10. checked. You might want to get that checked, Bobby. I don't know. Maybe some of my eyes. My eyes are going bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, if I cough up a lung, just know you know I did it for you guys. Sure. Sure. Understandable. Understandable. All right. Week 17, yeah, like you were saying, it's championship week. Listeners, for those of you guys that are still here with us, there's a good chance you're in the championships in your IDP leagues, or you're at least in a very pivotal game that is going to determine draft position or bragging rights, perhaps, anything important like that. So we are on our A game for this episode, just like we are for every other episode. But before we kick off our players, I wanted to reiterate some important notes for you guys. Process is so important. I am a repetitive herald, if you will, of of how important the process is. Hashtag trust the process. And I think a lot of times in fantasy, we get caught up on thinking that there's a right and wrong decision. And so we can get really tilted when sometimes things don't go our way and we realize that we think we made the wrong decision and we should have made a better one. But I want to remind you guys, none of us are time travelers. None of us know what's going to happen and all we can do is do the best that we can with the information that we have. So we are going to give you guys some really solid information that should help you with your process and then hope that that process plays out. Because as long as you stick to your process and it's a good one, it'll pay off at a higher rate than if you don't have a process. So that being said, Bobby, let's start off with our top starts. I'd love to, Evan. Let me jump in here to the uh, defensive lineman start of the week for myself. And it is going to be none other than Mr. DPOY from 2020, Aaron Donald. You know, it's time. It's, it's time, Evan. I've avoided this for long enough. It's week 17. It is the week that we play for all year long. Are you going to try and find some reason to start some obscure defensive end that's recently popped onto the scene? No, you're not going to do that. It's stud time. And they don't get any more studly than Mr. Aaron Donald. Now, I will admit, as a Rams fan, after somewhat of a slow start to the season with six sacks in his first 12 games of the season, he now has seven in his last four games, and he has two forced fumbles as well. I think those are strip sacks, actually. Scoring 12 points, 27 points, 14, and 24. That's big three scoring in those last four weeks. The Rams do cross the country this week to play Baltimore in Week 17. But given that Lamar was limping around um, all week, I expect it to be another Josh Johnson week behind a struggling offense, which is Baltimore. Be glad you didn't trade AD earlier on in the year. I know a lot of uh, analysts out there were kind of pumping that. Um, But put his beautiful body into your lineup for week 17. Kick your feet up. Let's relax. Let AD be AD. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is the epitome of the start your studs argument for championship week. Dance with a girl that brought you to the dance. Is that how it goes? Something like that. I don't know. I was never much of a dance kind of guy. Absolutely. I actually had a uh, 
Look at this. My wife bringing me uh, homemade cookies and milk for the pod. That's just, uh, that's treatment right there. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got fancy glass. Sorry, I was supposed to show you that as well. But anyways, yeah, enough of that distraction. Actually, if you go look back at the, um, I don't even know if it's on our old website anymore, but I actually wrote an article last year about this time of the year, uh, and it was entitled Dance with a Girl You Brought, and that was kind of the whole methodology behind it. But yeah, man, A.D. Studley, he's the defensive lineman that, you know, it's kind of like the Miles Garrett pick or the T.J. Watt or the Nick Bosa. Like, it's so elite that it's like, we shouldn't really be thinking about it. It's more of like just a, AD, I love you. Thank you for being AD. And I don't see, and you know, in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues, whatever you're in, why trade AD? You know, he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down, even though he's, I think he turned 30 this year, um, especially in defensive tackle premium leagues. Um, there's no bigger AD fan than old IDP Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Enough about me, Evan. Go ahead and give me your defensive lineman start for the week. Yeah, so my defensive line start is Marcus Davenport, back from beyond the grave, finally being relevant in IDP. We've been waiting long enough for this. For those of you guys that don't know, Davenport is a defensive end for the New Orleans Saints. They play the Panthers this week. Now, Marcus Davenport has been the snap leader at the right defensive end position for the Saints since he returned in week 14. Now, he's been sharing some time with Chuck Granderson, but... In last week's game, he really went off because Chuck wasn't there. But in any case, he has a 90.1 PFF grade on the season, which is the highest PFF grade of his entire career. Now, the Panthers, as a offensive line versus the Saints' defensive line, have a negative 11% pass block advantage and a negative 27% run block advantage versus the Saints this week. It's pretty simple. I see volume. I see talent and I see a good matchup. And the reason I mention this is because, like I talked about the process earlier, there are only three things that we can look at to determine whether or not a player is a good or a bad start. The most important thing is volume. You want them to have a high percentage of snaps, and after we know that they have a good snap percentage, we want to know if they're actually good at what they do. And if they're good at what they do, we also want to see if it's a good matchup, which is another reason why I like that AD pick, because he meets all those criteria. And I think one of the reasons that you're pointing him out is not so much because you want people to start him, but because you want people not to bench him. I think that's more important because we have a lot of really good players who we expect to be really, really solid, like Aaron Donald, who might have let us down recently. And for whatever reason, you might be considering benching them in your playoff week. But look at volume, talent, and matchup. If those three things all still tell you that they are primed to be good, then you have no reason to bench them aside from just, you know, your, your mental being tilted from them letting you down in the past. So volume, talent, matchup. Yeah. Don't overthink week 17. Don't, don't overthink week 16. You know, I know it's been a lot of weird couple weeks in the NFL with COVID and backups and who's actually going to get the playing time and everything. But Davenport, man, when he has played, when he has played a healthy amount of snaps, which I see is like 45 snaps a game, he's getting a sack a game. Um, he's a great start man against a bad Carolina team. You know, I really thought Carolina was going to compete some this year, but I don't know who they're going to roll out this week. Cam Newton, PJ Walker. I don't even know. I guess, uh, I guess old boy from the jets is actually done for the year. I'm not sure if, uh, I think I'll Sam Donald's getting Sam the Darnold. start. I'm pretty oh, is sure. He really? I think PJ Walker just got on the COVID list, so it'll be okay. probably Sam Darnold with Cam backing him up. Okay. Wow. That's probably going to be the, uh, the future for Cam, just the, uh, the backup role. But I like that, man. I like the Marcus Davenport selection a whole lot. He's been really, really solid when he's played. 
Absolutely. Let's go and move on to your linebacker start of the week. Yeah. So we're going to stay in my favorite town, Los Angeles. Okay. Okay. You know, I know, especially me and Evan, this is me talking to you, Evan. I know we both fell in love with Ernest Jones, you know, myself included, but we're going to go back to the well. We're going to go back and get you a reader. Shout out Addie. It's simple here. Ernest Jones is on IR. Reader plays behind Aaron Donald. And Troy saw 54 snaps and six tackles in week 16, where we saw Jones go out with a high ankle sprain that's going to keep him out probably until the actual NFL playoffs, maybe even longer. So look, I know it's week 17. I know this is a gross recommendation for this week, but hear me out. In week 10, Reader saw 52 snaps and he had 11 tackles. And in week 12, when he saw 63 snaps, he had 13 tackles. That was kind of the weird part of the year where Michael Kaiser was hurt. He was already gone. Kenny Young actually had probably already been traded at that point, and Ernest Jones hadn't been quite brought into the process yet. So you do have to turn your head a little bit when you put Reader into the lineup. It's going to look a little bit of stinky, but Reader has a great track record of production when he plays. I'm starting Reader with all confidence this week. And as a side note, as a Rams fan, it's kind of been fun to actually watch Traven Howard a little bit. He's kind of a guy that I've had stashed away in a couple taxi uh, taxi squads, some late, some big IDP leagues. So it's kind of fun to watch him because. I think he was actually pretty good in coverage in college. But yeah, let's get you a reader in week 17. What do you say, Evan? I'm on board. I mentioned this before we started recording, but I started writing up my start of the week Troy Reader as well. And then I scrolled up and I was like, mm, Dang. beat me to it. And the reason why is because this is just such a good call. It's like the easiest no-brainer linebacker start this week. Not to say that it's a no-brainer pick. Yeah. Because... Look, the reason why you say you kind of have to pinch your nose and look away for a little bit while you start him is because throughout the course of the season, he's been kind of disappointing in that we don't know if he's going to be the snap leader or not. Sometimes it's going to be him. Sometimes it's going to be Ernest Jones, maybe Kenny Young, maybe Micah Kaiser, whatever. All of those guys are gone. Troy Reader is the only one left. So you don't have to pinch your nose. You have to look at this guy and say, okay, when you've been the snap leader, how have you been? Really, really good then you should expect that kind of production again from Troy Reader. Start him with confidence. Absolutely. You know, if you look back at those, all those names that you just mentioned, when Micah Kaiser had his time, he was elite in production. When Kenny Young had his time, he was very good in production. When Ernest Jones was getting led into that time frame, he was really showing some good production. So Reader has a past of it. I agree with you, Evan. I think this is a good start. Um, you know, a lot of times, too, at this point of the time of the year, you have to kind of Maybe take names aside a little bit, and let's just look at, okay, what has player A done? What has player B done? Who are these two people? And, uh, you know, which one's giving me more points per game? And I think Reader is going to be that guy for this week. But anyways, enough of my out here, uh, me out here talking about the Rams. Let's get to uh, another player here for you, Evan, your linebacker start of the week. Mm-hmm. Also not to mention, they play the Ravens, another good linebacker matchup. But good, good my point. linebacker of the week is... Kevin Minter. He's the linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, most of the rest of my picks here aren't guys that are likely rostered in a lot of leagues, simply because if they're rostered at this point in the season, you probably know what you have. Mm -hmm. But with Kevin Minter, he's only been relevant for one week, which was last week. Now, why am I calling him out? Because Levante David just got placed on IR, and Kevin Minter took over him in week 16. Now, I can't give you snap percentages because they rested their starters that week because they were crushing the Panthers. But what I do know is that the Bucks tend to have two three-down linebackers. And from what I've seen from Kevin Minter, we should expect him to also be a three-down linebacker next to Devin White. 
and in there they are in a matchup against the Jets, which is pretty average versus linebacker position, but it's not a bad matchup. And again, we want volume, we want talent, and we want matchup. Now we know he's going to have volume, and so if Kevin Minter is a, is available in your league, you really want to make an effort to go out and find him, pick him up, and consider starting him over somebody that won't be a three down linebacker. Absolutely. You know, last week when he had about 50 snaps, he saw five tackles, one uh, sack, and 13.5 points, uh, which is super solid. And even if you look back, I think maybe David or White was out earlier on in the year. Um, On 46 snaps in week six, he had four tackles. And then 53 snaps uh, in week seven, he saw five tackles. So I agree with you 100%. They're a two down um, uh, I'm sorry, three down, two linebacker core there. Um, they love leaving uh, David and Devin White out there and uh, agree. You know, this is kind of the same as Reader. Um, it is kind of stinky. You're all kind of like, you know, week 17, this is really a recommendation, but against a bad Jets team, I don't see why Mentor, you know, maybe couldn't even produce another sack again this week. Uh, Tampa Bay is kind of, uh, uh, kind of prone to rushing uh, David and Devin White from time to time. So, yeah, Kevin Minter, not somebody, you know, week five, we probably thought we were going to be talking about in week 17, but here we are. Mm-hmm. I love it. Let's go ahead and move on to your your DB pick here. Yeah, absolutely. So a little credit to my baby boy, Joshy here, but uh, Javon Holland, Miami defensive back. Um, with Javon back in week 16, he saw 50 snaps and he saw five tackles and a half of a sack uh, in the game last week. And Holland's big play potential kind of continues. Holland, who has a nice tackle floor to me, seeing a good percentage of the snaps to produce two and a half sacks in 2021, and he also has two interceptions this week this year. I really like Holland. You know, he, he set up in a tough matchup with the Tennessee Titans in Week 17, um, where it looks like possibly Brandon Jones is going to be out as well. I think we're going to talk about maybe another Miami defensive back here in a minute. Um, but Holland honestly has everything that I'm looking for in a DB this week. He's going to see the snaps. He's going to see the tackles. It's going to be possibly a game where both of these teams really need to win, and he has that big play potential to possibly get you a sack or an interception. So he's got the good floor. He also has a good ceiling. Set Javon Holland. Listen to Josh Raymer. Let's fly. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to talk about that. I'm just going to pivot right into my pick, which is Eric Rowe. Let's go. The other safety for Miami. Now, this pick is contingent on Brandon Jones being out with COVID. Javon Holland is a 100% snap guy, whether or not Brandon Jones plays. Now, Eric Rowe's another story. If Brandon Jones plays, I would not consider starting Eric Rowe. But if Brandon Jones is out, and he currently is out with COVID, then Eric Rowe is the guy I really, really like here. I think between the two of them, Eric Rowe probably sees more snaps in the sweet spot but both guys should see a good amount of snaps in the sweet spot, which is really, really nice because we want guys that are getting snaps in the slot, getting snaps in the box on the defensive line, closer to the ball with more opportunities to make plays. Now, when Jones has been out, Brandon Jones, Rowe has been highly productive and he's been a 100% snap player, the vast majority of his snaps being in the sweet spot. I'm talking vast majority of his snaps. Like he's basically a linebacker. Now they play the Titans. They're a pretty average matchup for safeties, but that's all right, because that means we have volume, and we have matchup, and we have talent. So that's what we're looking for. I love that. 
Love that. I wish I had tickets. It's at Tennessee. That'd be a good game to go to uh, tomorrow, even though, or not tomorrow, two days from now. Should be pretty sloppy, I think. It's going to be a wet field. But yeah, I like this, man. That's almost a little bit of a deeper dive. That could almost have been your sleeper for this week. But, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're listening to the IDP show, we're going to set you straight. Now, the contingency on Brandon Jones being out with COVID, fill me in on that. Is that something where he's coming off or he's showing symptoms of possibly going on? Do you know much about that situation? He's on the list right now, and I do have okay. a couple of players that I've, I will mention later on in this episode. Because of the new COVID rules, players could come off more quickly, and it's a little bit less of a sure thing than it has been previously in the season. But I'm going to give you the names of players to watch. So if you just look at headlines regarding a specific player, so it'll say if they're still on the list, if they're not on the list, if they've been activated for their game, if they haven't been, it'll be really simple for you guys to keep up with. But yes, he is currently on the COVID list. And we would need to wait to see if he's activated in time to play against the Titans. Awesome. I love that. Can't wait for that list. Let's give you a little bit more of a list of people you need to pay attention to to get them out of your roster. I'm going to give you my sit of the week at defensive line, and it's going to be William Golston. I believe the boys talked about him on the pod from Tuesday, but the Tampa Bay defensive lineman uh, may be tempting to start here on the backside of three tackles and two and a half sacks in week 16. And the Jets are even coming into town. So it's kind of like, I don't really know if this is a great person to start or to sit this week. Uh, but really, that's only goal. That's Golston's by far his biggest game of the year. Um, I do like the setup for Tampa Bay and for their defensive linemen as far as sacks against Zach Wilson in week 17. But Addy, I'm looking at you. I know that there was a tweet sent out. You're thinking about the difference between uh, who you should start. Should you start? Joe Tryon, Shoyinka, or should you start somebody else? And when Evan talks about his guy, I'll go find out who that was because I can't remember off the top of my head who it was. But I expect it to be a big Joe Tryon, Shoyinka week. I've been a big Joe Tryon guy ever since he was drafted. Um, I think he fell too far in the actual NFL draft. But William Golston got lucky. There's going to be other producers, maybe even a mentor this week to get a sack against Zach Wilson. Um, go ahead and, and pump the brakes on Golston for this week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk more about Joe Tryon Shoinka. I'm, I'm not even going to try and like nail that name. I'm just going to kind of gloss over it. Shoinka, I'm just going to kind of make some sounds. You're doing great. One actual thought about him. What podcast was I listening to? It was probably uh, the bootleg football podcast, maybe where they were talking about Joe Tryon's at the time, just Joe Tryon. Yeah. His uh, year before he was drafted, he didn't play football. He just took the year off to get like absolutely jacked. Mm-hmm. And nobody knew that except for, I guess, the Bucks who drafted him. And then he showed up and was like, yeah, so I'm, you know, the best defensive lineman in the class and I'm absolutely, you know, destroying people. But anyways, you uh, just talked about your defensive line sit. My defensive line sit is an entire team. It's the Broncos defensive line <laughs> versus the Chargers. Evan, why do you do this? Why do you always... uh? list entire groups when you do these because I'm too scared to name a specific player and I'd rather something a little safer. So hate me if you will, but I'll tell you why, because I tweeted this out a couple hours ago. So it's already on my Twitter now. Go give me a retweet if you care about me. Um, if you care about me, (laughs) (laughs) the Broncos edges by snap totals this season, their number one snap total leader is Malik Reed with 618 snaps on the season. Now in second place, with 435 snaps is Jonathan Cooper. Now, he's on the COVID list. Next up, with 328 snaps, is Von Miller. He's on the Rams right now. Okay, well, after him, with 236 snaps, is Steven Weatherly. 
He's on the COVID list. Okay, after that, 215 snaps, Bradley Chubb. Oh, he's on the COVID list. After that, 25 snaps, Andre Mincy. Oh, he's on the COVID list. Mm. After that, 23 snaps, Aaron Patrick, who's a rookie, has barely seen any playing time and hasn't even recorded a single tackle since week five. Yuck. There is too much to mess around with, too much to sort through. Malik Reed is fine for now. He has not been gotten by the COVID. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you really need to start him, he's got nobody else there. Yeah. And some of these guys might get activated as the week progresses, but I would rather not have to try and keep up with that. You have more important things to do than figure out what the heck is going on with the Broncos defensive line. Yep. I legitimately remember getting on Twitter this week. I guess it was recently. It might have been today or yesterday and seeing uh, Schefter's tweet about all the Broncos that were going to be out. And it was like, oh, my gosh. Is, uh, is Javante Williams out or is he still in? Oh, please no. That's pretty pivotal. I hope Javante's fine. I think he's playing. Yeah, I don't think he's playing because the uh, the solo championship that I'm in this year, I, I hate to uh, actually announce that. I was in a, a few semifinals. Uh, didn't didn't quite pan out. But, um, yeah, I'm relying pretty heavily on Javante in the, uh, in the championship I'm in. But, yeah, I agree. Malik Reed, Aaron Patrick, sorry, bros. You're not going to see my lineup this week. That's for sure. And uh, I've got this tweet here for you, Evan. So, from at the IDP show, go give him a follow. Mm-hmm. In his championship game, at Adam IDP is debating Charles Harris versus Joe Tryon Shoyinka. So, Evan, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who are you starting? Let's see. Charles Harris. The Detroit Lions play. Um, I know this. I think Seattle. Seahawks, yeah. Yes. Let's see. So the Bucks play... Who do we talk about the Bucks playing? They play the Jets, which is an average matchup. Yep. And the Lions play the Seahawks. Let's see how the Seahawks are as a matchup for defensive ends. This I'm going to bet they're pretty... Uh, I'm going to bet it's a pretty good start for a defensive end. Russell Wilson has definitely taken a lot of sacks this year, like, like he always does. Yeah, it looks like a relatively average matchup, maybe a little above average, depending on your scoring format. Okay. So that's nice. Um, Charles Harris, I'm going to check his snaps now for a second. Sure. I'm sorry to just completely put you on the... I'm, I'm honestly, this is fun. I get to talk through my, my process. I love it. So Charles Harris has been a 100% snap edge in week 16. In week 15, he saw... 64 of 75 snaps, but still a ton. In week 14, he saw 61 of 68 snaps. So he saw a bunch of snaps, and he's a very high-volume player. Now, I think last week was Joe Tryon's first week as a, a full go. He saw 52 of 70 snaps. So I think this points towards Charles Harris having a safer production floor mm-hmm. and it being a pretty decent matchup versus the Seahawks versus an average matchup versus the Jets, I might actually go with Charles Harris. Wow. Look at the look at the background to get to the answer. I love that. I love the process. Look at a look at Charles Harris's week fifteen. So on sixty four snaps, not only did he have one and a half sacks as a defensive lineman, he also had twelve tackles. Insane. So Charles, there you go, buddy. Um, I think I might lean with you as much as I'm a Joe Tryon fan. Um, man, Charles Harris might be the safer play there. I think uh, I think that's a pretty astute evaluation there, Evan. But while we're talking about an astute evaluation, let's get to my linebacker sit of the week, and it's going to be Mr. Anthony Barr 
linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings. So it's simple here. The tackles have been okay for Barr. But all right, look, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to make the same mistakes as Matt Stafford in Week 16. Throwing two picks to Barr, one of them was just a gift. I think it was maybe even a touchdown. I'm not 100% sure if he returned it. But Barr has been decent in deeper leagues, but I don't really want to start him in important leagues this week as it could just be a standard four or five tackle week for Barr. So not too much analysis other than the fact of, just like William Golston, he was inflated a little bit last week with his two and a half sacks, much like Barr was as well. Um, If Barr had a good matchup, I wouldn't mind starting him. But against Aaron Rodgers this week, uh, Barr's, Barr's a full sit for me. Yeah, I can understand that. The, the Packers in general are not a great linebacker matchup. And while he has been a 100% snap guy, I don't think this is necessarily an Anthony Barr is going to bust this week call. I think what you're saying is manage your expectations relative to week 16. He's not likely to get a week winning performance from you because relative to 100% snap linebackers, Anthony Barr produces at a little bit of a lower rate. So I think, uh, I think this is a really smart call and I'm definitely with you on this. Thank you, Evan. Appreciate that. Of course. You know, maybe someday I'll actually disagree with you, but I mean, Bring you it. would have to stop being smart for me to do that. So I'd love it. We'll I'd love out. it. I can't. It'll it'll happen. We got another half a sode left. Oh yeah. Um. Speaking of things that are <laughs> not not great to talk about, the Kansas City linebackers have been a pain in my butt this entire season, as much mm-hmm. as I'm sure in your guys's butts collectively. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> all our butts. All of our butts. They've been a pain in them. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Bolton, Anthony Hitchens, Willie Gay, Ben Neiman, all of these guys have taken turns leading the team in snaps. And the, the worst part is we don't really know how to determine who's going to be the snap leader. If, you know, if you could come back from the future and tell me who the snap leader was going to be, and then I would start that guy, he would probably be really productive. Mm-hmm. But the problem is you don't know that information right now. And if you pick a guy and he's not the snap leader, he probably won't produce at a rate that you'd like in your championship week. What I have down here is it's, it's practically impossible to know who's going to lead the team in snaps. You can't afford to be wrong in championship week, and there are enough great pivot options this week for you to get a starter elsewhere. Mm-hmm. It is a good matchup, but like I said, if you're not from the future, you don't know who's going to be the guy, so I would recommend you find a safer play. Okay, I'm going to make you do something difficult. All right. Pick one to play. Pick one to play. If you had to, gun to your head. All right, let's see. So Nick Bolton missed week 16. Okay. So I'm going to look and see at week 15 if he led the team in snaps. Okay. Looking, yep, so he led the team in snaps in week 15, and in week 16 he did not play, and so their fourth string, apparently fourth string, linebacker Ben Neiman led the team in snaps over Willie Gay and over Anthony Hitchens. So if I had to pick one, I would probably say uh, Nick Bolton just because... When all of them have been healthy recently, he was the one that had the most snaps. But don't take this as Nick Bolton's going to produce in a great matchup call because I just don't know that for sure. And I would like to give you information that I know to be true rather than information that I hope to be true. That's, a, that's the correct answer because Nick Bolton is the one who has had the highest ceiling this year um, on 79 tackles in week 15, showing out with 14 tackles. Um, did I say tackles? 79 snaps uh, and 14 tackles in week 15. 79 tackles would be pretty awesome. That would be pretty awesome. Um, but the prior, the prior weeks before that, 28 snaps, 22, 19, 19, 27, 43, 57. So 
I think that is a wonderful evaluation. You know, it's almost turning into the, um, you know, New England running back situation from Ugh. one week to the next. Who is it going to be? Or the, uh, you know, even Cincinnati's, is it going to be a T. Higgins week? Is it going to be a Jamar Chase week? Um, there's been a lot of uh, positional variation this year that has been, uh, the fluctuation has been very high this year from from uh, one position to the next. But, you know, just like a friend called me the other day after I lost in the XFFL, he was like, you checking in on me. You all right? Everything okay? I was like, yeah, I'm pretty bummed. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're we're gambling on 25-year-olds that, you know, may or may not play well you know what 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 do we really know at the end of the day evan you know we're just telling you all you just we're just telling you all the facts that we uh that we're digging that we're drawing from these teams from these players trying to set you on the right path but we can be wrong no we're not often we're not wrong often but we Hmm. can be wrong yes totally and i think back when i first started getting into the fantasy analysis medium i knew that i didn't want to be a guy that was going to be Hey, this guy's good. Pick him up. This guy's bad. Drop him. You should start yeah. this guy. You should sit this guy. I don't want to be a take machine. I want to be a process influencer. I want to be somebody that gives you information that you can use to become better at fantasy. Yeah. And so if I sit here and I tell you this guy's going to be good, that would be a take machine kind of thing mm-hmm. because I don't know this, but what I do know is that it's a good matchup, but there's lots of variance here. And I actually looked back. Nick Bolton has not led the team in snaps for like the past you know, three or four weeks before he led the team in snaps in week 15, even with all the guys healthy. So even still, I would probably go with Nick Bolton if I had to. Yeah. But again, like I'm saying, I don't want to be a take machine. I want to be somebody that shares the facts with you. No, that's great because we've got enough take machines out in the Twitterverse right now as it is. Hmm. Um, The more that people can see your process and the more that they can see that you're actually evaluating some of the statistics um, to try and make some type of a correct you know, evaluation on a player, the more people will trust you and they will come back to you again for um, especially IDP analysis, especially deep IDP analysis. You know, some of these guys that we're talking about um, are not always talked about in the IDP world. You know, a lot of IDP people want to talk about your, um, you know, your Eric Kendricks. They don't want to talk about Anthony Barr and they want to talk about Patrick Queen. They don't necessarily want to talk about Chuck Clark, you know. So um, the digger you can, uh, the digger, <laughs> the deeper you can dig in the IDP world, I feel like uh, the people really appreciate that because the IDP degenerates that I know play really deep IDP. And a lot of these guys' names are people that you need to know. But speaking of Chuck Clark, let's get into my defensive back sit of the week. And as much as I have really, really tried to personally, um, give Chuck Clark a little of my energy and a little uh, a little of my zest for this year. It just really has not happened for him. Um, it's been a fairly boring season for Chuck Clark. Um, I'm not starting him with much confidence in Week 17. He only has one big play on the year, getting a sack in Week 3. It's kind of disappointing to me. Um, he averages about four to five tackles a week, um, and that's really just not the upside that I'm looking for in Week 17 especially with the recent productivity of Tony Jefferson in the lineup. Um, Stay away from the pizza in week 17 as Chucky hasn't been cooking it up this season. That was a good one, Evan. Yeah, I can't, I can't lie. That was, that was pretty (laughs) funny. Yeah. I mean, Chuck Clark has been just about as like average and unexciting as it gets for a strong safety. You know, he sees a decent percentage of snaps in the sweet spot. He's an Mm -hmm. all snap kind of guy, but He's not the kind of guy that looks like he has enough upside to 
win you your week. He's more just a, you know, a warm body to put in your lineup that you can feel, you know, kind of safe about. Yeah. But not necessarily something to be really excited about. Now, for safeties, let's see. Safety averages versus the Rams who they play this week. Hey, you know, maybe this is this is a time for me to be contrarian with you Bring because it. the Rams are actually a decent matchup for defensive backs this week. So maybe this is a uh, something we can as the the uh, the fantasy footballers mm-hmm. as they kind of have a water bet. Maybe this is my water bet with you. I like it. For Chuck Clark. I like it. Maybe uh yeah, let's go with that. Now, listeners, we have a lot of other great options as well. You know, so if you guys aren't sure whether or not you want to play Chuck Clark, you can always consider some of the other options we have here. But again, as I think we clarified in previous episodes, our sits section is not necessarily a blatant, blanket sit. It's a manage your expectations with these players section. So as far as managing your expectations, I can I can understand that. But I would actually I would actually call Chuck Clark for a better than expected game this week. And I'm going to disagree with you on that. So you're going to say over 10 points for this week, big three wow. scoring. How about let's let's give it a statistical number as far as okay. like tackles. So let's okay. say Chuck Clark in week 16 on 76 snaps, he got four tackles. And how many pass defense did he get? I'm looking at PFF. So let me, okay. let me check sleeper for a sec. I don't have RSO in front of me either. I'm going to ask no you another question after, uh, after you said our little uh, over under here. Yeah. And it's going to be about the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, okay. So let's see. Four tackles, five tackles, six tackles, no game, six tackles. How about I'll I'll set the line right here at six tackles. I'm calling over six tackles. You can set have six it, and less. Set it at six and a half, and I'll take under under six and a half, you take over six and a half. All right, sounds we'll, good. We'll let Adam and Josh uh, decide what our uh what our what our bet's gonna be for. Ooh, I'm excited. I lose. I'll send you. Uh, I'll send you a little uh, Jimmy John sandwich. What do you Ooh. like? What what what's out there? Tell, tell Ooh, me what you your sandwich should place. Have, you should have been careful before you mentioned Jimmy John's because my Jimmy John sandwich choice is a gargantuan, which is like super big. That's okay. Hey, we're IDP show. We got deep pockets over here. We'll Bob be all right. A little bit of a sweat over there. I can nah, see. Nah, we got the financial <laughs> means. Hey, yes, so sir. let's speak about um, the Baltimore Ravens real quick before we get to your defensive back. So yeah, dynasty wise, who is the best IDP piece? for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. So I feel like this is an obvious call between either Odafe Owe or Patrick Queen. Mm-hmm. Now, that's tricky because you have to consider positional value, the scoring in your leagues, sure. positional depth, positional scarcity. And if there's one thing that I've learned this season of IDP, now listeners, this has only been my second season of IDP, so I'm learning a lot every single day. Linebackers are really replaceable, and we can find a lot of really good players if you just try and follow the injuries, where defensive line is a lot harder to find good, productive studs, even if they are a little bit less consistent because of their lower snaps. So I would probably go with Odafe. I really like the guy. He's extremely talented and on a team that tends to develop defensive ends and outside linebackers really well. So I'm going to go with Odafe. That's the correct answer. That, that, that's, that's astute. Very good. Very good, Evan. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate you that. Know- the boys talked about Pat Queen, I think, on a recent episode. And even though his snaps are up and even though he's producing, his PFF numbers are still just in the mm-hmm. trash can. So, um, man, I don't know. You're going to see year three of Pat Queen next year. I, I'm worried about that. I've traded him away in the XFFL. But enough about me. Let's talk about your defensive back sit of the week. Yeah. Would, I, would you be surprised if I told you that I picked yet another group of players on a team? 
would surprise me. None at all. None, None at, at all. all. Is that correct? None at all. It, it's it communicates your point effectively, so therefore it, it works. Now my <laughs> position group is the Houston Texans safeties. Now I really wanted to pick a specific guy. I was like, man, Jonathan Owens seems like a good play. But then I did a little bit more digging to figure out why he's had the snaps that he's had, and it's been due to injury, but he's also played really, really well, like 90-plus PFF grade well. So here's my thought process. I expect the 49ers to have a run-heavy game plan with Trey Lance, who, by the way, Trey Lance, if he's available in your league and you need a quarterback stream, pick him up now. Mm -hmm. You're already probably too late to it, but that's my guy. Mm -hmm. But that's not really the main reason I recommend you find a DB to start, aside from Eric Murray or Justin Reed or Jonathan Owens. I really just don't know who the snap leader is going to be. They've shuffled guys around because of injury, COVID, and coaching decisions, and they've also shown that they might not even give a player returning from COVID 100% of the snaps. See Christian Kirksey last week. All that being said, there are safer options with more upside for you to choose from in your championship week. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of people have been trying to dig out some uh, Houston linebackers the last couple weeks to see... Who it's going to be? Was Zach Cunningham gone? And, you know, what is Kirksey going to look like? And what is uh, Eric Wilson? Isn't he there? Isn't that what going to look like? And it's just been uh, it's just been very Kansas City Nick Bolton-esque to where who is going to be the guy? Don't worry about it. It's week 17. It's too, it's too late to find that out. We're going to take a quick break for an ad read, and then we will see you on the other side. It's the IDP show. Now you know. Hey, fellas, this episode of the IDP show is brought to you by our favorite producers of Ball Trimmers, Manscaped. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming are leaving 2021 with new product. Clean yourself into the new year with their ultra-premium body wash. Also, special offer alert, use the code IDPSHOW for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Four million men already trust Manscaped, and it's time for you to join them. As we look back on 2021, I know a highlight for us here at the IDP show was passing the 100,000 download mark. So thank you to our beloved listeners for helping us get across that threshold. We could not have done it without you all. 100,000, what an accomplishment. We cannot wait for the next 100K and to have you all along for the ride. So thank you for helping us reach that milestone in 2021 but 2022 is on its way and the last thing you want is to be the guy with pubes getting in your way of making this year your best yet 2021 sucked and that's why manscaped is making a splash and upping your grooming game their signature lawnmower 4.0 is here to take down every pube in its path Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It's even waterproof. This tool is amazing and I'm confident using the 4.0 to leave 2021 and my gross pubes with it. You know what else I'm confident about? Smelling like a million bucks. You may be asking how and I'm happy you did, listener. I use the Manscaped Refined Cologne. I have this cologne. This is not just the ad read. This is Josh talking to you here. 
excellent, excellent cologne. I am a big, big fan of it. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, a great compliment to your collection. It's like I've mentioned before in these ad reads, you get the cohesive smell from your head down to your feet, and especially with that new refined cologne, it is excellent. Let's talk about being clean and feeling and smelling good. The new Ultra Premium Body Wash from Manscaped solves all three for the perfect addition to your daily grooming routine, but in the shower. I shower every day and hope you do too. This body wash is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. With Manscaped, you'll be a brand new man and ready to kick all the gross hair and smells out. With 2021, use the code IDPSHOW for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. I'm all in on confidence and smelling good this new year. Join me with Manscaped. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code IDPSHOW at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code IDPSHOW. Happy New Year to your balls. Y'all know what time it is. The boys is back. But I'm going to give you an offensive question here. Since you just said your guys, Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. So shout out to my boy, Jordan Ball. He was back on an episode with us early on in the offseason, but he actually texted me this week. It's a two QB league. I don't remember who his other quarterback is, but his second quarterback, he's trying to decide between Trey Lance and Taysom Hill. Wow. So who are you starting this week between them? Taysom Hill is going to be at home against Carolina. I think that's a great problem to have. I think when I started this episode off to say, you know, a lot of us think that there's a right and a wrong answer. I think these are both the right answer. Yep. I like both of these guys. Now, Trey Lance got like 15 points the last time he started, and he didn't even get a touchdown, which just goes to show how much of a rushing floor he has. But Taysom Hill also has a rushing floor. Now, I would probably defer to Taysom Hill simply because we've seen more from him. We have a larger sample size of relative success, and I don't really think that that's too scary of a matchup for defenses. Now, like I said earlier, both of these guys could be really good, so I'm not really worried either way, but I'm going to say Taysom Hill simply because I've seen it from him more than I have from Trey Lance. That is probably the right answer. I told him shoot for the moon with Trey Lance. At home against Houston, the last time we saw Trey Lance um, in a full start was week five. He had 16 rushes for 89 yards, didn't score a touchdown, had one interception, and uh, 15 completions for 192 yards. Um, Wow, that's going to be tough. I think the right answer, you're probably right on, um, just because the relative unknowns with Trey Lance, we still haven't seen it enough, but gosh, that Houston matchup is just so juicy. Um, And San Francisco needs to win as well. Yeah, situations are situational, as they say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I agree with you that Trey Lance probably has more upside simply because he's less of a known commodity and his offense in general is more productive. So there's more likelihood for a touchdown. So it really also depends on if you're favored or if you are in need of more upside from your quarterback position. So, like I said, they're basically even. So Taysom Hill for floor and Trey Lance for upside. Gosh, and what a fun offense. I mean, even being a Rams fan, I kind of hate to say it, but <laughs> I love George Kittle. I mean, Elijah Mitchell, I shouldn't have traded him away early on in the year. That was really stupid. But Brandon Ayuk has come around at times, and then Debo Samuel looks like a freaking RB1. Oh, yeah. 
You know who's not looking like an RB1 and pricking my heart? Gosh dang, Trey Sermon. What the heck <laughs> happened to Trey Sermon? Uh, uh, I was never a Trey guy. Never a Trey guy. Always a team Elijah, for sure. Elijah. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Shout out, Ballers. I'm never doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it at this point. Everything's just a reference to another podcast. I understand. All right, let's go ahead and move on to your uh, sleeper of the week at the defensive line. Yeah, so produced well last week, but let's go ahead and running back. Carlos Dunlap, defensive lineman there for Seattle. Um, with Dunlap having a little bit of a slow start to the season, he has definitely made up for it in recent weeks with six sacks in his last four games. Now, I will press pause on uh, our expectations a little bit as he is only averaging about 30 snaps per game. Um, but to make up for the lack of snaps in the last couple games, we're going to make up for that with the Detroit Lions coming to town. Um, I like Dunlap so much in recent weeks that if his snaps were higher, he probably would have been my start of the week as opposed to my sleeper uh, DL for the week. So, yeah, Carlos Dunlap, uh, Jared Goff is supposedly coming to Seattle this week to probably get whooped up there with the 12th man. Um, Dunlap's been turning it on. I'm starting to get Dunlap with uh, full confidence this week. I like it. The uh, the Lions versus the Seahawks defensive line isn't a terrible matchup. They they are like 24% and 11%, which is still probably about average to below average relative to most matchups in the league. And the Seahawks, the Seahawks, wow. That's shows a, me, I love that. I'm a Cardinals I love fan that. too, so you know, maybe I said that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Seahawks. I'm sorry <laughs> if you guys are from Seattle. Forgive me. Um <laughs> they, they've had a lot of snaps over their past couple of games, so that might also contribute to why he's been so productive on a low snap percentage. Sure. But they've also had a lot of snaps for pretty much this entire season, so there isn't really much reason to expect that to change. So I think this is a good call. Somebody who's been effective and productive at a rate that is likely sustainable. And may even be available on waivers. He, he mm-hmm. could be a guy that's just sitting out there. Not a lot of people have had him rostered this year. So, yeah, go check it out. But let's talk about somebody I talked about earlier on in the episode with your defensive line sleepers for the week. Sleepers, yeah, so, plural. Sleepers, yeah. I've got two guys here on the same team opposite of each other. So I've got Joe Tryon Shoyinka, and I also have Anthony Nelson. They're both of the edges for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New York Jets this week. So why am I calling these guys out? Because Jepipi and Shaq Barrett are both out this week, which means both of these guys should be the snap leaders on either edge for the Bucks. It's a pretty average matchup as far as offensive line to defensive line goes, but let's be honest, it's the Jets. We like playing against the Jets. They allow a lot of pressures, and the Bucks generate a lot of pressures. There should be sacks and tackles to go around. Love this. Just an opportunity is all this is. Joe Tryon, Anthony Nelson, good players, especially Joe Tryon, and... Uh, yeah, if you're looking for a team to come to town in Week 17, this is kind of like the ballers talking about, you know, especially with your defenses. Like, you know, look at who's playing the Jets, or look at who's playing the Jaguars, or Houston Week 17, Week 16, Week 15 in the playoffs. This is kind of what you're looking for for your defensive lineman. You've been paying attention to this matchup, you know, JPP and uh, JPP's been out for quite a while. Uh, I know Shaq Barrett was just kind of a recent out, but. Yeah, man, I agree. Joe Tryon especially, I think, could eat this week, which makes that Charles Harris selection a little tougher. But either way, great great call there, Evan. I like that one a lot. It's another example of, of two good options. Sure, for sure. Let's give you another option, and this one might, uh, this one might kind of strike a chord with you. It might kind of hit you close to the heart. 
So my linebacker sleeper for the week is Robert Spillane, Pittsburgh linebacker. And with Joe Schobert landing on the COVID IR list as of today, and given that Big Bob Spillane saw 66 snaps and 13 total tackles in week 16, Big Bob is exactly what I'm looking for in week 17. He's healthy. He has running mates out of the game. He has at least one game back of decent snaps, and his matchup looks good. With the Browns coming to what could be Big Ben's last game in Pittsburgh, I really like Big Bob's chances for high tackles this week, as I expect it to be a big chub game as well. So, um, yeah, Evan, talk to me about my boy Big Bob Spillane here. Do you think it's going to be a good week for him? Big Bob. Yes, I, I do. Now, I also think this take, I think we already established Joe Schobert is definitely out. I believe Devin Bush was out last week. I don't remember if it was for COVID or if it was for another reason. I would keep an eye on that because the Steelers, the way that they set their linebackers up, it's generally one guy that sees a lot of snaps and another guy that sees a majority of snaps, but they're not quite like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where they have two, three down linebackers. So there is a chance that he could be a little bit of a lower floor than what we saw from him last week. Was it last week? I'm not sure if it was last week. I think, let me check actually, instead of just saying I think it things. was week, week 16, um, Splane, 66 snaps and 13 tackles. So that was last week. And you were right, Devin Bush was on uh, COVID IR nine days ago. So that was before last week's game. Now, interestingly enough, they, the, uh, the Steelers saw very nice 69 snaps last week and Joe Schobert saw 60 of them. Robert Spillane saw 66 of them. So even with Schobert healthy, he did see more snaps than him. And uh, how about in week 15? In week 15, Schobert saw 57 of 80 snaps. And Devin Bush saw 53 of 80 snaps. Robert Spillane saw 34 of 80 snaps. So we, even with all three of them healthy, he's still seeing snaps. And uh, even if Devin Bush were to come back, I'm starting to think that maybe uh, Mike T, Coach T, is just starting to like that kind of lunch pail kind of guy and Big Bob Spillane over uh, Devin Bush, who's been letting a Steelers fan down for quite a while. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Pay attention to Twitter this weekend. Bush could very easily come off in the next day or two if he's not off already uh, and play this weekend. But yeah, man, as far as deeper leagues go, I'm literally looking at this league that I'm in right now and Big Bob is available. So um, yeah, pay, pay attention to waivers. Even in week 17, it's important. Yes. Um, my linebacker pick of the week is Kenny Young. I feel like we've mentioned him so many times over these past couple episodes. He's just a hot commodity, a hot topic. And uh, he plays for the Denver Broncos. He's linebacker for the Denver Broncos. And they play the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, why am I bringing up Kenny Young? Because Baron Browning just got COVID. He will miss Sunday. That's not something you need to think about. He's out. Kenny has been recovering from a concussion and is currently questionable to play on Sunday. If he's active, I expect him to be the snap leader at linebacker and be a 100% snap guy. But this is a twofer. If he doesn't play, listen carefully, Jonas Griffith should be the 100% snap guy. Last week, Jonas Griffith was the number two behind Baron Browning. With Baron Browning out, Jonas Griffith would be the leader should Kenny not play. If Kenny does play, I would probably not feel comfortable about Jonas Griffith, so just keep that in mind. But I do believe that both of these guys are available in most leagues, and the Chargers 
are a really, really nice matchup for linebackers. So make sure you get the starting linebacker for the Broncos this championship week. Man, I like that a whole lot. Yeah, Kenny Young, a guy that I've been holding on to for quite for quite a while in the, in a bunch of leagues for situations like this because even with the Rams, I knew that uh, Kenny Young was going to come back around with Denver and uh, was going to see some pretty some pretty relative snaps there for uh, for the Broncos. But I'm on board with you, man. Kansas City in Week 13 on 45 snaps, he had nine tackles, and then in Week 12 against uh, the Chargers. On 43 snaps, he saw seven tackles, and I expect him to see more than 43 snaps this week. Um, I expect him to see, like you said, closer to 100% of the snaps, especially with basically all the linebackers and everybody in Denver Mm -hmm. uh, not playing this week. So it could be an ugly game, but Kenny Young could also rack up quite a few tackles. So that's a good, nice deep dive. Even though Kenny Young was a name we talked about for a while, it's definitely somebody that a lot of us have probably forgotten about. Yeah, before we move on to... Your DBs, I I have some more bonus sleeper linebacker picks because I know the listeners could really go for as many options as possible. So there are a couple of situations right now that are questionable because of COVID, and I believe you guys ought to be aware of what's going on. But first off, we have the 49ers linebacker situation. Obviously, they have their number one locked in, but Dre Greenlaw versus Marcel Harris is something you want to look at. Aziz Alshair is doubtful. I don't expect him to play. Greenlaw is questionable. And Harris is totally healthy and good to go. So if Greenlaw and Shire are out, Marcel Harris should be a 100% snap guy. And in sleeper, he's eligible as a DB. For the Panthers, Shaq Thompson has COVID and might miss Sunday. Jermaine Carter is questionable with a groin injury. The Panthers usually have their linebacker one be a 100% snap player and their linebacker two be a 60 plus percent snap guy. If both those guys miss, if both those guys miss, so Shaq Thompson and Jermaine Carter, if they're both out on Sunday, Frankie Louvu should be a three-down play versus the Saints in an average matchup. But if only one plays, Louvu will still be relevant, but adjust your expectations accordingly. And finally, for the Las Vegas Raiders, Denzel Perryman got COVID. So keep an eye on his status to determine if Divine Diablo and or KJ Wright are options. I don't have a confident enough call for one guy over the other because they've both been relatively relevant with Perryman gone in weeks 14 and 15, but I do believe that if Perryman is gone, both of those guys are worthy of consideration to be starting in your lineup. Yeah, I'll answer some of these questions for you. So I would probably start Divine Diablo over KJ Wright because I think Diablo has a higher ceiling and they both probably have about the same floor, but I don't think Wright has that ceiling anymore. Um, Shaq Thompson, Frankie Louvu is a good option. I think more of the Shaq Thompson thing does for me than anything is make me feel confident in Jeremy Chin for this week. I think he will just live in the box. Uh, and then for the linebackers, I love the call with um, Marcel Harris, but also is a good time to just uh, thank thank uh, thank the good Lord for uh, Fred Fred Warner. You know, if you've got him, yes, sir. Fred's been so good. Fred's been so good. I love watching that guy play. But yeah, those are great sleeper picks. Let's talk about my defensive back sleeper for the week. Shout out Addy for this one. I got to give my boy little Adam uh, IDP some credit. Jeremy Reeves for the, wow, Washington Redskins against the Philadelphia Eagles this week. I'm just realizing that earlier on in the episode, I might have been telling people's teams wrong. I think I wrote in the doc who they're playing. So if I put a player who was on a different team who they're actually playing against this weekend, you'll understand. But you had to get this far in the episode to actually figure this out. So <laughs> this would be a nice little nugget for you. But 
yeah, I got to give Adam some some credit for this one. But with Landon Collins landing on IR for the rest of the year, I really like Reeves in deeper leagues with his 10 tackles that he saw in week 16 against Dallas. Um, and what could be a fairly competitive game, I feel like, with the Eagles in uh, week 17. Reeves has produced well for IDP alongside Cam Curl and Bobby McCain. I know Cole Holcomb was out last week. I'm not sure if he's back or not yet. Um, but with several of those starters missing late in action, um, Reeves is a guy to start in a, in a deeper league. And uh, really, you're just hoping that he doesn't poke at Jonathan Allen's cheek on the sideline. That's really my only concern for Reeves this week. Oh, my goodness. Yes, that was uh, – I'm sure most of our listeners have seen the meme at this point. But uh, something about, wow, look at Washington. They've got heated benches. It was uh, – <laughs> That was that was some pretty quality content when I first read that. If you guys play IDP on Sleeper, be warned, Jeremy Reeves. I was actually looking at him earlier as a potential Sleeper call, so I definitely agree with you here. There are two Jeremy Reeves on Sleeper, and they're the same guy. So it's really strange because one of them is like Jeremy Reeves and it shows all of his previous production, but the other Jeremy Reeves has no history, but is the one that's projected to score points this week. So it's very confusing. Just be warned if you're on Sleeper. Make sure you're aware of that, that there's a little bit of a bug going on with him. It's R-E-A-V-E-S as well, so it's not two E's. Just uh, yes. I think Adam spelled it, spelled it for you on the main episode last week, but good gosh, man. He's got two solid games in a row. 62 snaps in week 16, 11 tackles. 66 snaps in week 15, 12 tackles. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's been very productive. He's like Cam Curl of 2020 with no landing. Yeah, for real. I, I'm... I miss those days of Cam Curl back when I got him for free and he was just winning me my leagues. So much fun. Maybe the, maybe maybe uh maybe they'll be back. Maybe next year when Landon Collins is gone. Oh, I hope. I sincerely hope so. I'm gonna go ahead and move on to my DB pick of the week. Now this is a very deep sleeper. I can't think of any leagues that this guy's not available in unless he was just picked up like this week. Now this guy's name is Sean Williams. Now he's the strong safety for the Atlanta Falcons. Why am I calling out Sean Williams? So in our previous preview episode, I called out Jalen Hawkins as my sleeper DB, and he's actually been relatively productive. Now, the problem is he got COVID. Shocker. Hmm. He had been filling in for Eric Harris, the previous strong safety for the Falcons. Now, Eric Harris tore his pec, so Jalen Hawkins filled in for him, but now Jalen Hawkins has COVID. So Sean Williams is the next guy up. Should Hawkins stay out with COVID? I'm not like banging the table for this guy. I'm not super excited, but if Hawkins is out, I do expect Sean Williams to be a 100% snap safety who should see a lot of snaps in the box. Now, is he any good? I don't know. Probably not because he hasn't played much, but you still want nice, solid volume. You want safe production floor from these guys. So if you're in a really deep league and you want just a warm body to put in your DB slot that you know is going to produce, that is where I would play Sean Williams in the event that Jalen Hawkins does not play on Sunday. What a fall from grace here. Sean Williams' uh, 2019 season was pretty great as far as defensive backs are concerned. And then uh, I think he started the year off maybe with Arizona, and I guess they dropped him at some point when uh, Buddha and Jalen just started taking over the world. But um, yeah, man, Jalen Hawkins has kind of come back to uh, reality a little bit in the last couple of games. Um, but I really like this. I really like Sean Williams. I think he's going to have opportunity. Um, against Buffalo, I think, I mean, Atlanta's probably pretty much out of the playoff picture. I don't know how many wins they have, but 
Buffalo, a team that still needs to win, and I think Air, uh, Atlanta would probably like to spoil that for them. So, yeah, man, a lot of times at this point of the year, I'm looking for, I'm looking at these matchups as well. You know, what teams need to win? How do they need to win? How are these defenses going to be playing late in the game? Um, yeah, Sean Williams, that's a great sleeper. That's a name I hadn't thought about in a while. I've got a couple more for the listeners here because, again, I'm, I'm trying to do my best to help out those deeper league guys. These are not players that I'm starting over certified studs. Now, you guys probably figured that out at this point, but if you're in a league that has a bunch of starting roster positions and you're looking for a player that has a high production floor, this is where these next couple picks will, will be relevant. So first off, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Andre Sisco, the guy that Urban Myers was probably thinking maybe his production was going up back when he had like no snaps. Andre Sisco, this is if Andrew Wingard stays out with COVID. Andrew Wingard has been very productive for IDP this season, but he's on the COVID list right now. And if he stays out, Andre Sisco is next up for snaps for the Jags. Afterwards, I also have the Las Vegas Raiders, Dallin Levitt, or leave it. Hopefully you don't leave him on your uh, waivers though, because last week he was a 100% snap strong safety and his role is secured because he earned it with Jonathan Abram going on IR. So I expect him to continue to be a 100% snap guy and he sees a lot of snaps in the, in the sweet spot. So if he's available and you need a guy, you can pick him up. Finally, I have Dean Marlowe of the Detroit Lions. He's been a 100% snap safety for many weeks now lower sweet spot snap percentage, and a bit of a lower tackle floor, but still a safer play than any DB who isn't a high snap guy. Mm -hmm. I like that. All I was thinking about the whole time, Evan, was uh, shout out to Joshy for his little Suburban Meyer take. So this is Demetrius Harvey on on Twitter. Urban Meyer was asked about Andre Sisco's playing more. He said, Sisco is playing a little bit more, I believe. I don't have his numbers in front of me. Cisco played zero defensive snaps yesterday. <laughs> oh, man, that was tough. That was December 13. That was right before the fall from grace for a Suburban Meyer. But, yeah, man, those are great takes. Andre Cisco, a, a guy that uh, I know the, um, Adam and Josh have been talking about on the pod. A uh, couple deep names, though. Dolan Leavitt and Dean Marlowe. I like it. Digging deep for the listeners here, Evan. Yes, sir. Trying to mine some gold, you know. I love it. I love it. Let's talk about gold here to end the episode with the, mm-hmm. our top position groups for the week. I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of frills here. I don't have a whole lot of numbers and stuff involved. I'm just gonna tell you who I like. So my defensive line group for the week is gonna be the Colts D line against the Raiders. I really like this line. I'm really liking this team more and more. Uh, if you're a super degenerate and you know that you listened to me when I was on the IDP guys back in the off season. Uh, with Johnny the Greek and with Nate and with Sean, I actually talked about my uh, Super Bowl was, I believe, the Indianapolis Colts and the Dallas Cowboys, which doesn't look too far fetched now. Um, but I'm really like I'm really liking the Colts more and more. If Carson Wentz can just not uh, screw it for them later on, um, I think maybe they'll be okay. But um, you know, from DeForest Buckner to Quiddy Pay, this line is really coming together as a unit. And uh, aside from Jonathan Taylor. They could be the most important part to the Colts making a run in the playoffs in 2021. So, Evan, what say you about my selection there? I love it. I would also add the Colts' offensive line, but I think yeah. uh, seeing them beat my hometown Arizona Cardinals on Christmas without an offensive line 
I might have to reconsider even that take. So I, I'm with you here. I really like this. Yeah, what's up with the cards? Offensive line problems? I mean, honestly, I think uh, I think their coach is just, you know, Coach Cliff is not great. I think maybe his inefficiencies or his lack of solid coaching ability has been masked a little bit just by how well they had been playing at the beginning of the season. But, I mean, up until this year, most Cardinals fans were begging for him to be fired, and they were only temporarily silenced by that 7-0 run. So, I don't know. It could be a coaching problem. It could be injuries. It could be a number of things. If I knew the answer, they probably would know the answer and have solved it by now. So, it's probably more complicated than that. But that's what I got. Not to mention uh, Andy from the Ballers. I remember that was a big tweet that he sent out at the end of last year, which was fire Cliff Kingsbury. That's true. And uh, got a lot of play and made a lot of people kind of scratch their heads and think about it for a minute. So, um, yeah, the cards have been funky. Uh, hmm. Isaiah Simmons has been funky. He's a yeah. sit right now. Um, I don't know what they're doing out there with the linebackers. Simmons has been fine, but his snaps are down to uh, – some guy named Walker, I don't even know, he's like a third or fourth string guy. I'm thinking maybe because they were trying to slow the run last week, they didn't play him as much. I don't know. That whole team is bizarre right now, except for Buda Baker. Supposedly, he's risen from the dead, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But all right, enough of me gabbing out here. Go ahead and give us your uh, defensive line group for the week, Evan. Yeah, I do like that Isaiah Simmons sit take, by the way. I was going to put him in, but I, I didn't because I already talked about the Chiefs. Oh, man, as much as I stand for Isaiah, it has been... Uh, Gosh, his usage has been bizarre. But anyways, yeah. continue, Evan. Enough of me talking. Uh, my DL pick of the week, I mentioned this earlier, it's the Saints versus the Panthers. They have a really nice offensive line, defensive line matchup grade, and the way the Saints use their defensive linemen makes me confident that they'll be productive and safe. Not a super complicated take. This is not the week to bench them. And uh, if you've got a guy that might be a little bit, you know, variable, this is the week that I would expect that roller coaster ride to be on the uptick. So, Saints defensive yep. lineman. I love that, man. Marcus Davenport's been good. Cameron Jordan has come on as of late. Uh, David Onyemata has been okay as well. So, against a bad team, I think they're at home against Carolina. Love that. Start start all of them. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to linebackers, Bob. I'm going to give it to you here. So, my linebacking group for the week is uh, kind of yucky because these guys have not been great as of late. But... Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, linebackers there for the Buffalo Bills against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, And what could be a pretty pivotal game to the Bills uh, down the stretch. I think it was only a week or two ago that we talked about the Bills being 6-7 and or 7-7 and or whatever it was. They were a very 500-type team. And they have kind of, especially with that New England win a couple weeks ago, they've kind of risen from the dead. And um, really, Milano, Edmonds... Hyde and Poyer um, are going to have to pull this team through because they're not really getting a ton of play out of their defensive line right now, I don't feel like. You know, um, Greg Russo started the year off hot with three sacks pretty early on in the season. Um, Ed Oliver's kind of been disappointing at times. Their defensive line has kind of struggled some. So um, if the Bills are going to make a run at all, Josh Allen Allen is not going to be able to outscore every team in the NFL. This defense is going to have to stop some people and some of these, you know, Teams have showed how porous that uh, Bill's linebacking group can be. But I expect Edmonds and Milano to, to get it back together this week against a bad Falcons team and uh, to put some IDP points up for you. Yeah, I like this. Um, <clears throat> to reference another podcast, because that's all I apparently do anymore, mm-hmm. my guy J.J. Zacharyson on his podcast, the late round podcast, 
Today was a mailbag episode show, and one of the things he talked about as being one of the most important things fantasy managers can do to get better is embrace variance and understand that variance is a pivotal part of fantasy football. And what variance is, is just that data trends up and it trends down, but at the end of the day, it'll generally trend back towards the middle. Mm-hmm. And I think Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano are a great example of that because they might be up and they might be down, but at the end of the day, they're still high floor volume guys that will see all of the snaps. And just because they might have been bad last week or the week before that or whenever, I'm not looking at their numbers, so I'm not saying that they were, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they won't be good going forward because production is not predictive, only volume is. So, yes, I like this. I like that. And uh, pay attention to Tremaine Edmonds because I think he was questionable this week, but I think he's logged a couple of um, practices in the last day or two. So just pay attention to that going into the weekend. But, Evan, your linebacking group for the week is... Yeah, Broncos, I mentioned this earlier. I'm going to mention it again because it's that important. I really think that one of these guys could be a weak winner. And what better week do you want a weak winning linebacker than this one? Broncos linebackers. This is Kenny Young. This is Jonas Griffith. One of those two guys, like I mentioned earlier, is a really good chance one of those two guys are available in your league, if not both of them. And in a matchup as nice as this one, I'm very, very confident that one of those guys will be very productive. So remember, Kenny Young, if he plays, Jonas Griffith, if he doesn't. Nice. Look at that. I've already forgotten, so I'm glad you re-reminded me. I need to go put Kenny Young in my lineup in the XFL. Thank Mm -hmm. you for that reminder. But let's talk about a couple guys that I'm sure you're tired of me talking about this year, but we're (laughs) going to talk about them again. The defensive backs for the Arizona Cardinals, Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. And the reason we're going to talk about them is because of the matchup. I really like this matchup against Dallas. Um, I expect this game to be closer than the cards have been playing as of late. We just talked about that. The cards not been playing very good here recently. Um, and given how Dallas's offense has looked unstoppable as of late, putting up, I think, uh, north of 40 points in the first half against the, uh, wow, I almost said the old Washington name against the mm. Washington football team last week. Um, I really like the prospects of Buddha and Jalen running around like crazy, chasing Zeke and Pollard, tackling CD and Amari and Gallup. Um, monitor Buddha's status because I think he is questionable, but I expect this to be a great game for these two IDP producers. Yes, 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 yes. 1,000 times yes. The Dallas Cowboys are one of the best matchups in the entire league for safeties and other DBs. It's like you could stream just DBs versus them because it's that good of a matchup. So Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, I'm so on board with this take. Wow, and I was so backwards last week too because I started Jalen Thompson and he was fine, but Buda's, you know, reawakening came last week with the Man, just an awesome, awesome game. I think Buddha maybe even led defensive backs with the points last week. I think he had, oh man, I'll have to look up his stats while you're talking, but uh, what an unreal week. Let's talk about your... I've got it pulled up right here, actually. give it to me. He had two pressures for a sack. He had uh, eight tackles for assists. He had Mm -hmm. uh, one target on him that was received. I'm just Mm -hmm. looking through PFF right now. Sure. He had uh, 69 nice total snaps. 39 of those were at free safety. So mm. this might actually be a good example of expect variance and embrace variance because based on what I'm seeing from his snaps, it was a pretty average snap game for him. He just yeah. happened to be really productive this time. Jalen Thompson still saw more snaps in the sweet spot. So that's important. But yes, Buddha did uh, get a lot of pressures. He rushed the passer quite a bit. So 
he had that sack upside and that upside hit this past week. Yeah, Buddha's still very elite. And it, it just goes to show you, kind of like you were talking about with uh, J.J. Zacharyson, um, you know, it's just, man, it's so unpredictable from one week to the next, especially with these defensive backs. Outside of probably Derwin James, defensive back has been maddening this year. There's just been a huge drop-off outside of him. Um, corners have been, corners have risen in points, I feel like, this year as far as defensive backs are concerned. But especially safeties, it's been a crapshoot this year to try to get solid production from even guys like Jeremy Chin, Buda Baker, uh, guys we've relied on in the past, Von Bell, uh, Jesse Bates, Jordan Poyer. Um, Jordan Poyer's been pretty good, but there's been, been, you know, they always kind of return to the mean, but there's been such a, such a high, you know, ceiling and also such a low floor at times as well. But let's talk about high ceilings here with your defensive backs for the week, Evan. Yeah, you mentioned Derwin James earlier. I'm going to bring it back up because my uh, positional grouping start of the week is the Los Angeles Chargers defensive backs versus the Denver Broncos. Now, first off, Drew Locke starting quarterback for the Broncos. The last time they played the Chargers, he had eight dropbacks for 12 pass, or sorry, for seven pass attempts. On those seven pass attempts, he had two turnover-worthy plays and one interception. So, you know, extrapolate that out to a full game, and I think we can expect turnover opportunities. But that's not the only reason. Derwin James is back. So naturally, you're starting that stud. But Adderley is on the COVID list. That's Nasir Adderley. He could play, though. If he does, he's fine as a free safety. So adjust your expectations there. But if he doesn't play, Alohi Gilman Mm. should be relatively similar. Now, this shouldn't be out of nowhere because I do believe Gilman has had some production as of late. But I think either guy is is a free safety play against, you know, a a favorable matchup. So generally free safeties are what they are. They're not as nice as strong safeties, but they are all still matchup dependent. And if you find a good matchup, they can be very productive. And this might just be that. All right. I got an offensive thought for you. I'm so ready. in the off season, let's send Russell Wilson to the Packers. Let's send Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos and let's just send Drew Locke and some picks up to Seattle. Yeah. What are your thoughts? If I'm not a Seahawks fan, I like this. Okay. If I am a Seahawks fan, you're pretty bummed. I don't like this. But luckily, neither of us are Seahawks fans, so we can make it happen. Maybe you can send some picks with Locke and make that work. You know? Yeah. I have no idea what to think about the Seahawks right now. I don't either, man. I have no idea what to think about Russell Wilson. He speaking about you know talking about maddening for this year. He's been you know that mallet finger is really taking advantage of him. He's uh he's been a different animal this year. Even the last couple of years, he's been, you kind of keep thinking he's going to keep cooking, he'll come back around, and he really hasn't. It's been strange. Been strange. So what's your take on Aaron Rodgers? Is he going somewhere different in the offseason, or is he going to be a Packer? Uh, man, okay. So I'm going to start off by being honest and saying that I don't know. I know as much as everybody else who's plugged into the situation knows. But, you know, obviously half of me is like, ah, he's going to come to Pittsburgh. He's going to become <laughs> a Steeler because, you know, um, you know, I watched the Pat McAfee show, and obviously that sure. has led me to believe that. But also, he could stay in Green Bay because his relationship with the general manager has improved. He could retire. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I don't think he even knows yet. I think he's going to cross that bridge in the offseason, but I do believe that whatever it is, it's going to happen relatively quickly. I believe he said as much. So, man, I'm, I'm excited to see what all happens. Also, talking yeah. about Russell Wilson... This might be a little bit of that, you know, Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady, but a light version of that because we don't really know if it's been Pete Carroll, if it's mm-hmm. been Russell Wilson, 
Is Pete Carroll a good coach? I mean, he said himself that Russell Wilson is basically the reason he's been so successful. Agreed. Is Russell Wilson actually good at football? Like, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Yeah, I think uh, I think I agree with Pete. Russell Wilson has kept Pete around for probably longer than he really deserves. Yep. Um, you know, gosh, if you're Pete too, it's like I, I mean, I know Pete's spry and young and throws footballs and chews like eight pieces of gum like on Sundays, so it's like super cool and like hip, but. Man, at some point you got to be like, yeah, I don't know. This game might be past me. It might be time to just close up shop. But yeah, man, I don't know. I think I think the thing with Rodgers that gets me that I keep going back to is his fiance uh, Shailene Woodley lives in Boulder. Um, Denver's not far from Boulder. Uh, you know, I don't know. Rodgers just seems the kind of Colorado, long-haired, kind of you know, free-spirited, homeopathic uh, antibody type. You know, isn't that what he did? Um, he had some. I think type so. Of, I think so. Something to raise his antibodies. And the NFL said, "No, he's he's still unvaccinated." Oh, good <laughs> what try. What a crazy Aaron. situation. Good try. Yeah. We, we we won't talk about that here on this podcast. I just thought it yeah. was hilarious to uh, hilarious to hear. But anyways, Evan, this has been fun, man. I hope uh, if you're still in any leagues this weekend and got your championships coming up, I hope uh, the best of luck to you this weekend, and I hope you win lots of cash. All the cash. I'm gonna win it all. I appreciate that. All the cash. Yeah. yeah. And you listeners out there, good luck as well. You guys know you can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at BGT Evan. Bob's at IDP Bob. Feel free to add us or any of the other guys on the show or anybody else, really. Just ask for advice. If you don't know something, there are so many people out there that just spend a lot of time on our phones. Mm-hmm. Okay. That might just be me specifically, but sure. a lot of people out there that are more than willing to give you advice. So you're not in this alone. There are so many people out there with the resources to help you Uh build your confidence going into this championship week. And a little less fantasy related, I know tonight is New Year's Eve and tomorrow's New Year's Day. So this message might even be a little bit late for some of you guys, but make sure you make good choices tonight. Don't drink and drive. Mm -hmm. Get a ride if you need to, but be safe and be smart out there, you guys, please. Yeah, I love that. We're hunkered down here at the house because uh, there's like like inches and inches of rain coming so but yeah if you're if you're out there and you're having a good time that's great but uh call you an uber call uh call one of us we'll get you a credit card we'll uh, we'll get you an uber but no don't follow josh he doesn't want your follow don't ask him idp questions either because he's going to defer those to me and adam or maybe to you evan <laughs> if you're that unlucky even though i love him oh yeah josh is the best love you josh awesome. <laughs> well all right before i close this episode out are there any other thoughts we want to throw out there for the listeners? Um, um, what you were, what you led the podcast off last time with before all this COVID stuff kind of started kicking off. Um, well, it's not really even that relevant except for maybe Monday night. If you've got defensive players playing Monday night, maybe leave those flex positions open for offense or for defense, because there could be some variability with COVID stuff this weekend. Um, if you have people going Sunday, put them in your wide receiver, running back, linebacker, defensive line spots. Leave the flex spots open if you uh, if you can at all for that Monday night game. But, Evan, let's finish the pod with this. Is it going to be Big Ben's last game on Monday night in Pittsburgh? Oh, I hope so. I sincerely hope so. Yeah. I sincerely hope so. It's been bad. There's been times this year where it's like, yeah, he's got a good deep ball. And then you're like, everything else is bad, though. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know who else has a good deep ball? Drew Locke. I'm not trying to keep him around. Wow. All right. Maybe that was a little out of pocket, but... <laughs> Yeah. Hey, listeners, real quick. Monday night is the Brown Steelers. Sunday night is Vikings Packers. So you can visualize that if you need to make any moves or mm-hmm. relevant players. Um, all right. 
I would I would shout out the uh, Big Game Theory podcast, but I've been really bad at staying on top of that, even with my new feed. So if you guys haven't subscribed to that yet, make sure you do. But uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be more opportunities for that down the road. Otherwise, listeners, good luck this week. We're here for you. Shoot us a message if you need it. But until next time, peace out. Howdy, peace, oh. Howdy, peace, oh. Howdy, peace, oh.